Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric here with IRAC Veteran 8888. Today, I've got another gun gripe episode for you. And today, I have a very special guest. This is Carrie with Stilettos and Shotguns. Great friend of mine, a friend of the channel. And we've been trying to get together to do a gun gripe for a really long time. And I'm so happy that here uh, on the heels of our uh, 2021 range day that she was in, uh, ended up being in town for a little while. So we were able to get her on gun gripes to uh, talk a little bit. And I'd like to dive into the subject of um, females' roles in the Second Amendment community. And it seems that there's this huge influx of female shooters. Uh, when we look at all of these new shooters that are coming about and folks that are arming themselves, there's a humongous growth of female shooters. And it's, it's really refreshing and, and awesome to see um, my perspective is that what winds up happening is in a household, right? You know, if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. It's a fact. Right. So when we see that these females are wanting to earn themselves, that should change the culture in a way that will hopefully, you know, laws will have to obviously change as a result because as more females are getting into shooting, they're going to obviously start going, wait a minute, what is this bullcrap law? Yeah. Uh, Mama here ain't got to deal with no laws, right? Because I want to be able to protect myself. So what's your overall take on the empowerment of women in the Second Amendment community and the way that that whole paradigm has really shifted, especially just, I would say like over the last decade, there's been this gradual change uh, yeah. in the in the new shooters, you know, being a lot of females. Yeah, and it's interesting because this conversation came up at Range Day quite a bit and uh, with me and, and especially because of, of what I do with the nonprofit work and, you know, being my whole thing is about arming, arming the women. But there, there's some interesting, I think there's some interesting disconnects that are happening from the industry versus the shooters, if that makes any sense. So I, I don't remember the exact statistic, but I think it's right around 46-ish, 47% of the new guns purchased last year were purchased by women, uh, which is great. I mean, I, I'm thrilled about that. Uh, however, what I've consistently found, and I found talking to some of the manufacturers and vendors out there this weekend and some of the, the company reps as well. You mean the way they're trying to market? Well, yeah. So, so the they still primarily market to women that are already in the industry, if, if that makes any sense, right? So a lot of the stuff, if, okay, for example, uh, the guys over at Mean Arms, love those guys. They've got some great toys, I must say. By the way, that was totally not intended to be some plug for them. I just happen to have a really good time over there. Uh, they, we got into a conversation about certain things in the way that I, I describe or talk to my students, uh, who most of them, um, domestic violence survivors, sexual assault survivors, you know, I, I tend to work in the lane with women that are terrified of guns. Uh, they cry, uh, when I put a gun in their hand, but they, they want to get past it. And there's a whole psychological piece to that. And they also don't know guns. You know, they don't understand, you know, they're still calling magazines clips and, you know, they don't, they don't know. And so I, I really make it simple, you know, things like, well, why don't you try this one? Because your nails might make it hard for you to, you know, rack the slide on this or what have you. And one of the guys said, and it's a, it's a very valid point. He says, well, a lot of women would feel like they're being talked down to. And I, and I had to, I paused a minute and I said, yes, if they're already in the industry. Because the women that aren't in the industry, that's the stuff that they think about, right? They don't know what a slide release is. They don't know the difference between, you know, double action and a striker fight. They don't know that stuff. So we, we have to think 
broader when we're talking about these things. Yes, we do want to educate them and, and let them know what these things are. Absolutely. But when you jump in, what I have found is when you jump in with so much technical stuff and, and, and kind of, you know, leveling up on those things, I remember how intimidating it was for me to, to, to learn these things. I mean, I remember how I was embarrassed to admit it. I didn't know what OWB meant. I didn't know what IWB, what, what is this? AI, what the hell is all this, right? I, I didn't know what any of that was. And I was embarrassed to ask. Fortunately, I was blessed to have people in the industry um, and a husband who were great about not, you know, I, I could go to them privately without having to make a scene of it. But there's a lot of women out there that, that are watching some of these pages and channels and so on and so forth. And they see the comments that are made. And those are some of the most damaging to new shooters and, and particularly women um, with the condescension and, and the, the talking over their heads and so on and so forth. And the industry still, the market goes that direction. It doesn't, I, I'm not seeing a broader scope of how we're addressing those new shooters, if that makes any sense. Well, you know, someone that wants to get into shooting and maybe doesn't understand the, the ways to, you know, approach it in terms of having that conversation with, you know, people that are into shooting or maybe yeah. having that conversation with like, let's just say a salesman at a gun store. And I'll admit, I've been on the other side of the, uh, you know, the retail space in terms of being on the uh, gun side sales of the counter or whatever on the other side of the counter. And uh, it's really easy to go, oh, well, we have to apply this uh, this blanket solution to a female shooter because of X, Y, Z. And I think that especially when you mention, you know, domestic violence victims and women who have been abused and, and been put through very, you know, trying situations in their life, yeah. uh, a lot of times that really negatively affects their overall self-esteem. And they may not have the self-esteem or the the the, the pivotal um, yes. inner, inner, <laughs> inner self to be able to go, hey, this is what I need or this is what I think I need. So it's like you're having to build these women right back up from thinking that they're nothing, thinking that they're insignificant and that right. they're not worth protecting. You've got to you've got to re remake that bond uh, to begin with in their minds and, and reestablish the fact that yes, your life is important. You're worth protecting. You know, you're a strong individual. But then, all right, all right, what technologies are in place that are going to allow me to protect myself as a lady in society? Yeah. And look, you know, we've made a lot of videos on our channel where we've discussed female shooters and guns that we think would be good for female shooters and situations that we think or, or training that we think uh, a female shooter might, um, you know, take uh, some benefit from. But there's only so much of that equation that we can know, right? I mean, mm. we think we might know because we, we are knowledgeable about firearms, but I think that my perspective, at least what I see in the industry, is a lot of ladies, they want to hear it from either another lady or they want to hear it from, well, they do want to hear it from a lady, right? Mm -hmm. Because they, they want to feel like the perspective that they're getting is, you know, a perspective that's been gleaned and gained from experience uh, as a woman. And there's just certain things that us guys are not going to understand that what their needs are. Yes, and, and you're correct. And, that and mansplaining. The man, and the, yeah, mansplanation. And the yeah. gunshot commando mentality of, oh. oh, well, you know, oh, you need this little 22 because you're just a dainty female. That may not necessarily be the Yet, correct. ironically, that's not enough stopping power, right? Because <laughs> that's always the double-edged sword that they give them. I always tell those ladies, because I, you know, I get ladies with rheumatoid arthritis that they can't even pull the trigger on that easy. You know, we t you and I have talked about that. Yeah. 
And, which is a great gun for for those ladies, typically. And you're um, getting them on 22s. I'm getting them on 22s, and then they're out there acting like little, you know, Charlie's Angels. It's really cute, actually. But then I've got the men, so, well, but, you know, that's no stopping. I'm like, ask them if you can shoot them with it. So Pretty funny how that happened, right? Nobody wants a hole in them. <laughs> Federal just released, in case you guys don't know, they actually do have a specific carry round that they have developed. That's so cool. Um, for the 22 long rifle. I don't know the name of it off the top of my head. Um, but look into it. So... There are situations in the industry where ammo companies, such as Federal and CCI and things of that nature, they are taking the 22 and going, all right, this may not be the most ideal defensive caliber, but this is something that, you know, some people, it might be the only thing that they can shoot because of, you know, physical limitations or something. So at least it's cool to see the industry pivoting in a way that they're acknowledging Absolutely. that, hey, a twenty two might be the only thing you can shoot. Absolutely. And, you know, back to the, you know, I wanted to, to point out, too, and, and and I will probably take some heat for this. And, and so please take this in the context and the spirit in which it's given. And this is more for the ladies uh, that, that watch. But there are ladies in the industry um, that have been in the industry so long that it's easy for them to forget as well. You know, I come from the beauty industry, 25 years in the beauty industry. And... I know that I can get a little salty about that and forget these people that are just, you know, now seeing a video on Instagram and they're like, oh, this is the way you should do something. And, you know, me wanting to get irritated or want to overexplain something. And so I have to remember that experience even as I'm as I'm coming in. And and yes, you are correct that women do love f- learning from whether on the range or in the, in the shop uh, more from from ladies. But sometimes the ladies can forget those basics just because they've been in the industry so long. And so it, it sometimes it's hard to to do that. You know, but I got to tell you, I went in just as a test one time into one of our big box stores. We don't have gun stores. Around. Like we have a big box store and that's it, unfortunately. And there was a woman behind the counter and I just to see what would happen, I asked her to show me an LCP and there were two on the wall. One was purple and one was, was black. And she handed me the purple one. And I asked her, I said, why did you hand me the purple one? And she said, well, maybe it's because I like purple. Got kind of defensive. I'm like, okay, so that's really not why. Because otherwise she wouldn't have gotten defensive about it, you know. Uh, but the point is, is that instead of taking a minute to ask me, sure. she made an assumption, uh, either based on her own personal bias or based on on uh, uh, what she thought, maybe even subconsciously, that I would want. And that's a simple, you know, kind of example, but of, of a much bigger issue that does still consistently happen. Sure. Um, and it and sorry it to my well, man, it can be worse with the men. <laughs> well, it very well could just be that you know she just happened to like the color and thought you would like it too. And Absolutely. Now, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll just here we go. All right, so I'll mention this. Um, you know, when I was working at Mall Still and and behind, you know, on the salesman side of the counter, you know, yeah, when when you are looking in your counter, and this is obviously back before all of this, you know, pre-pandemic, you know, the pandemic fear buying and everything like that. But, you know, some of the guns that we have in the counter, I mean, I remember when we first started getting in those like Walther P-22s with the uh, uh, purple and pink like camo colors. And uh, I remember it was like that zombie craze. So it was all the like black and, you know, gaudy green guns Acid and green. things like that. Acid green. Um, so there is that temptation, right, when a female customer comes in the store to go, okay, well, maybe I should show this pink gun because maybe the lady will like it. And it's not to be condescending, but I will say that this is a double-edged sword. On one end, 
All right, if it takes me showing a young lady a pink gun for her to go, oh, cool, right? you know, I'm going to buy a gun and maybe I'll learn how to use it, right? So maybe the colored gun is a barrier of entry type of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they're not taking that person seriously or right. that they, they, you know, are trying to pander to that person. But, I mean, let's face it, guns do tend to be sort of a accessory, mm -hmm. right? So I could certainly see where a female uh, salesman may say, yeah. well, maybe this... This lady can appreciate the gaudiness of this accessory. And maybe if you weren't a gun owner, uh, that might be the barrier of entry to make you a gun owner. And then down the road, you may go, okay, I'm packing my evil black Glock 19 over this pink yeah. LCP. But that LCP might always be your backup gun. Right. So that's not, not, not a negative thing, but that is a very astute observation yeah. in that that salesmen, be it male or female, because obviously I've sold guns to females as well, and then you're female in your situation mm -hmm. in the big box store, is Last that there's a, there's a predisposition <laughs> uh, to want to sell the gaudy gun right. to the lady thinking that that is going to be the reason they're going to buy the gun is because it's gaudy. So, and and, and you are correct about that. And it, the irony in that, um, I just had the, the privilege of working with um, Rainier Firearms, the, the training academy out in Wichita, by the way, that place is amazing. Have you seen it? Wow. It's, I haven't. It's a beautiful facility. And GW, the guy that runs that over there, he's amazing. Awesome. We had an awesome event out there. But uh, their their retail manager asked me, I used so I used to do consulting and, and marketing and, and that type of thing. And, and so I walked the store floor with him. And the irony is, I said, if you want to attract women, you need to bring, it, probably having that, you know, 100-round drum. In the front is probably not the way to go, uh, but look at all of these pretty, you know, parts and all this kind of stuff, right? They are parts that we're all colored. And I'm like, put those in front, you're going to pull women in. Actually, anybody, right? Because the eye is, psycholo psychologically speaking, the eye is naturally attracted to color. Sure. Um, but dudes are, women, particularly in an intimidating situation, are typically going to be more comfortable seeing that type of thing or, or subconsciously anyway. So ironically, it that color does attract you know, um, sure. and in, in a lot of cases, like you're talking about, it's these women don't have any clue. Right. So then those are ideal. And really, the one simple way to do it is just ask, do you want the pink one or do you want the black one? Just That's ask right. them. Yeah. Just give ask. someone a choice. Yeah. Instead of assuming. And you know. I think that there is an underlying sort of uh, of clause there, if you will, mm -hmm. in that. I believe the gun industry is trying to cater to females. Mm -hmm. And I think that when a female, let's just say a female shooter walks, or potential shooter, let's mm -hmm. say she wants to buy a gun and doesn't know if she, you know, what she's going to buy. She doesn't know anything. All she knows is she's going into a gun shop and she's going to look at guns right. If a female walks into a gun shop and sees a center aisle or a little cap or some type of display that has some colorful purses or maybe some really cool looking pepper spray or mace mm -hmm. or um, a pistol case that has, you know, some nice girly colors, right? At least she gets the feeling that she is being catered to and accommodated to um, so that at least she goes, oh, well, wait a minute. This is normal for ladies to have guns. Right. And look, there's these gaudy things that, I mean, obviously a man's not buying that. So at least they get the feeling. How dare of you to assume that? Well, but... At least they get the overall concept <laughs> that when they walk in that, hey, you know, the gun industry is at least looking at me yeah. as an individual that has needs. And that now, granted, OK, the the gaudy colored purse or the gaudy colored gun bag or the ga yeah. gaudy colored gun may not be um, the, the correct fit for you as an individual. 
at least they're making an effort to try to sure. accommodate and bring in female shooters in by doing that. Now, if that's the wrong answer, it's the wrong answer. No, and I don't think it is. I think that that you're. I think that you're correct about that. I think that, and this is a conversation I had with a couple of the, a couple of guys out there um, that are more on the marketing side of of the industry, and what it came down to that we they agreed on as well is that. There's a lot of products that are being manufactured, but the way we're approaching women hasn't changed. If that makes any sense, right? That's right. So, and that's kind of what we're seeing, right? So, the 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 business side of it, right? The the, the profit side, they're getting it, right? And so they're making these products. They're they're expanding the colors, and you know, those of us in the industry sometimes roll our eyes or what have you. Well, thank you, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. That is the stuff that will bring in new shooters and, and women that are not familiar with guns or uncomfortable in gun stores. Uh, that being said, the psychology behind how we sell them is, is what is where the, the paradigm shift needs to happen as opposed to the actual merchandise itself, because you can have all the merchandise in the world in the store, like with this gentleman, right? They had drum bags in the front. And so interestingly enough, there was a young lady in there shooting for the first time with her family and she was, friendly enough. So I, but still kind of shy because she was overwhelmed, you know, by all of this. And so I went, I said, would you mind walking the store floor with me a minute? And so I walked her to the front and I said, if you weren't here with your family, how would you feel when you first walked in the door? And the manager was standing aside watching all this because I told him what I thought would happen. Sure enough, she did exactly that. She went, I, I don't know. It was overwhelming to her, right? And so I walked around the corner where like all the speed loaders were, they were all colorful and stuff. And she immediately went, oh, that's fun. Like, I didn't even say it. So the color attracted her. And so he was watching me and I was like, this is a thing. Like, you know, you have uppers in the front of your store. Cool, right? Those are a destination purchase. Like people just don't go perusing around in a, in a gun store and go, oh, that's a cool upper. I think I'll buy that today, right? They're, they tend to be a targeted, like, why is that in the front? Why don't you move those AR parts to the front that look like candy? You know, and that's going to you know, bring them in. And sure enough, she was really attracted to it and she was playing with them. So it's that double-edged sword of, of not wanting to push that on them and make the assumption that that's what they want, but at the same time, having it available, which again- It might be the icebreaker. It, it absolutely can be the icebreaker. And then, you know, but guess what? The one, the guns that she were attracted to, all black. Like she didn't want to, you know, even though psychologically she was attracted to that color. So I don't think that it's a matter of the merchandise that's there. That's there. You know, and I think that especially with holsters, man, there's some great companies doing some cool holster stuff out there for ladies. And and it's awesome. Uh, that being said, the psychology of those in the stores and on the range should change. I wrote about that, actually, um, for Shooting Industry Magazine um, about domestic violence and how to, to to become more friendly to domestic violence victims. And you had mentioned that like you mentioned that uh, one of the components of that, I said, move your non firearm related self-defense items to the front of the store right dust them off it makes it more approachable it not only makes it more approachable but it will she as much as we would love to think that you know and there's that whole i which i think is hypocritical and we can talk about that if you want the whole all people should be armed i think that i think that people that say that are, are being very hypocritical put a pen in that and we'll we can talk about that but um sometimes particularly with domestic violence sexual assault victims and things they are not emotionally ready to be armed and that, you know, like you were talking about, like you have to get in the headspace. I like to say, I can't arm the women until, sometimes, I can't arm the women until I help them understand that their lives are worth saving to begin with. And if you can approach your retail market that way 
and understand that kind of psychology. And there, there's, there's an art to it for sure. Um, and I'm happy to work with people that, that want that. And, you know, if you're a vendor or merchant, you know, retailer, by all means, reach out to me. I'm happy to work with you on it. But there's, there's a, there's a way to approach that. And, and many things will happen. One will be, you'll be able to identify when she's not quite ready, right? Because you'll be able to start reading her a little bit better. Uh, and, and understand that if you develop a relationship with her where she trusts them, and she may not walk away with a gun that day, but she may walk away with a knife. She may walk away with, like, Benchmade's great for that, right? Butterfly. You know what I mean? That's like, right. that's a, man, that's an underrated thing right there. I know that sounds silly, but that's a subconscious thing. Like, that's their logo. It's, you know, yeah. not, yeah. It, it might be that barrier of entry that's required right. to at least start the conversation it's, that will lead them down that road. To help them embrace the concept of self-defense to begin with. But mm-hmm. what it does subconsciously is that it creates a relationship where this individual, right, they have huge trust issues, right? Uh, survivors of, of any sexual, you know, assault, uh, trauma, you know, robbery, any of that type of stuff, uh, domestic violence. But then it develops a relationship and then they're going to trust you. And so that when you make those next suggestions and you make that that next step, they're going to be, they may be scared, but they're going to be more willing to move forward with it because you've established, you have become established as a safe person for them. And yes, they know that you have their best interest in mind. Exactly. And you're not just trying to sell them. And look, y'all out there in the gun stores, here's the thing, right? You knew this. You knew, you knew I had to have a here's the thing coming, right? You go ahead. Here's the thing. Why are y'all so hell bent obsessed on making you selling the gun? It's not your highest profit margin, right? So what if she doesn't want to buy the gun? If you sell her pepper spray, a knife, or a coupon, or any of these other things, you're breaking more money if it's about the business side of it. So I've never understood that. Like, there's a cognitive dissonance with that, where they there seems to be an obsession with getting the gun in their hands, which cool, look, I, you know how I am, right? I'm all about it, right? I'm like, arm them all. I'm like Oprah <laughs> with guns. Give, give everybody a gun. But it's not your highest profit margin. So why that isn't thought about? Why yeah, anyway? Well, earlier, so so you mentioned you know the the concept of everyone should be armed. Well, oh. um, I I strongly believe that everyone should be armed. And one one tiny rebuttal that I would say to that is when people say everyone should be armed, the spirit of that statement, I believe, points in a very different direction than what we all uh, sort of associate it with, right? Um, if I say, you know, I want everyone to be armed, everyone should be armed, um, that can be a true statement, right? It doesn't mean that there's not certain individuals within society that maybe they're not ready to be armed, but it doesn't mean that we don't want to help them on their journey and help them forge that path forward to eventually get to that point. And it's totally okay to recognize a situation in society where, you know, hey, maybe this person's not ready. Maybe there is some type of a fear of firearms. Maybe they're not quite ready because they're just scared of them. I mean, a tool that you're afraid of is not a safe tool to use, right? Uh, that's why you train uh, with a given tool. And it doesn't matter if it's a firearm. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's a car. It doesn't matter if it's a boat. It doesn't matter if it's a heavy object or some type of power tool. Your ninja hands. Right. So you, you wouldn't uh, use some type of a potentially dangerous power tool right. without reading the manual and about doing study Going or maybe getting check. someone to show you how to use it or something like that, right? Background check, getting your permit. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong tool. No. 
I'm, de- I'm definitely for constitutional carry. Like I said, Oprah, you get a gun, you of get course. a gun, everybody gets a gun. Of course, but but we but we go through these rituals in our everyday life, right? Yeah. You know, if there's this dangerous power tool, right? We read the manual. Right. Uh, we look at YouTube videos. We seek out people that are experts or people that can help us, right? And that the expert for me may not be the same expert for Carrie. Right. Right. So it's completely okay to seek those people out and then go, okay, now that I'm confident with my tools and I know they're not going to hurt me and I know how they're not going to hurt me, now I'm ready to be a tool owner. Right. right? So it's the same thing with firearms, right? You know, we, we approach it. So when I say everyone should be armed, it's okay for me to say that and mean it with the compassion of, you know, wanting everyone to be armed, but also recognizing that there might be certain people that need a little bit of a little help. So my take on that is, and, and I personally don't disagree with you. Like I, I'm in the, if they've served their time as a felon, they get their guns back, you know, because who am I to make the decision whether they're reformed or not? It is never my responsibility or your responsibility, or anybody else's responsibility. If they're safe enough to be free, they're safe enough to have a gun. Right? It isn't our responsibility to decide who's competent and capable of owning a firearm. It is our responsibilities as individuals to be better trained than those that want to do us harm. Period. That being said, the 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 every woman needs a gun. Every 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 American needs a gun. When people when say they're that, ready. right? So that's a very hippo. When when people say that, I'm like, so you're telling me. That you don't want people telling you what you can and can't own and to mind your own business, right? To gun gun control advocates and, and gun grabbers and so on. That's but true. then you're going to turn around and tell somebody, you need to own a gun. Well, Do you see the hip hop? That's what I mean by the hip hop. One thing that, that Chad and I have always mentioned in our videos, and you know, some of you that have been watching gun gripes for a long time, you this know, this is that really good, by Blanton's, the way. Blanton's, yeah, Blanton's is great. Uh, one thing that Barry and I have preached, as well as Chad and I, is that, you know, we're never going to tell someone, just to to kind of piggyback on Carrie's statement, it's completely okay to say, hey, if you don't want to own a gun, you don't have to own a gun, right? Like, it's okay to acknowledge the fact that, you know, hey, maybe maybe I don't need to be a gun owner, right? right. The disconnect that I have and what a lot of Americans have is, it's okay if you don't want to own a gun. Just don't tell me I can't own exactly. a gun. So as long as there's not that disconnect where, you know, you're going to support every single anti-gun initiative that you see in front of you just because you have a right. morbid fear of firearms or because you have a morbid inability to own a firearm. Or let's just say that you feel that your incompetence with a firearm is such a great level that your answer uh, to guns or to firearms ownership is to say, well, now I'm going to say it's not enough that I'm not competent to own a gun. I don't want you to own a gun as a result either because I know I'm not competent enough to have one. It's okay to recognize that you don't want to own a firearm and not own a firearm. If you don't want to own one, don't own one. But don't don't tread on me. Yeah, don't I agree. don't tread on my ability to exactly. own exactly. And and or it, people that want to. And you know, look, I know some people that are stupid deadly with knives more than a lot of people are with guns. So yes. you know what I mean. So it's like you said, if you're going to do it, train you know to whatever capacity. But for those of us that are gun owners, it isn't fair for us to say you need to when we don't want people telling us what we need to. You that's know, true. And, that's a two-way street. And, and that's the one thing that, you know, like I said, I'm I'm absolutionist, you know, and you know that. Interestingly enough, you know, and a lot of people don't know this, but the Second Amendment, the SCOTUS has recently ruled that it was, 
and I didn't think we were going to get into this, so I don't have the date. And for those that watch me, they know I'm usually pretty pretty up on that. Maybe we'll have chat or something, put the date. <laughs> Look at them, put the date at the bottom. But SCOTUS recently ruled, it's been within the past like three or four years, that the Second Amendment does not just apply to firearms. It applies to any and all means of, of weaponry that can that you can defend yourself with. Uh, interestingly enough, the gun industry would probably, it would behoove them to stop assuming the 2A as just guns, right? And like welcome in. I mean, the, because that knife world, that hand-to-hand, they, they all tend to kind of merge together. But embracing 2A as holistic de- self-defense against those that want to do you harm or the government um, would probably be a great narrative and be a lot harder to to fight against. I'm probably going to catch some flack for saying this. Oh, now, if, I see. It, look, when you're going to stir it up, Counterclockwise. If, if, look, if Carrie, if Carrie wants to give me an issue, she can. I'm, I'm, I'm giving her that ability here in this gun gripe. But one thing I will say that now, if I were a, you know, 100-pound young lady, mm-hmm. and especially if I were, let's just say, a female head of household or a single mother that weighed 100 pounds, I think I would most certainly want a firearm. I mean, that's the great equalizer, mm-hmm. right? A firearm mm-hmm. is the ultimate equalizer. Obviously, if that person is mentally ready and 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 there is a mental faculty that must be present when it comes to the the mentality of self-defense right uh, the concept of carrying a firearm on your person every day and knowing that if a threat comes your way no matter what it might be that you know you have the potential uh, to draw a firearm and use it to potentially end another life and 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 and, and concert save your own. Yeah. Um, that is a, a mental struggle that people have to make that connection. There is a a mental faculty that must be present in the the mental ability to carry yeah. a firearm as well. So um, I I do like the idea. You know, when I see situations where females arm themselves and I see them out training and and getting some. Uh, you know, good lessons and things like that, and then going out and, you know, choosing a good holster and actually carrying every day. I love to see that empowerment because, um, don't get me wrong, I, I think that there's a multi-pronged facet to personal defense that should involve less than lethal, sure. that should involve sure. physical uh, ability. Also, your um, physical fitness level, the ability to run away, the ability to fight back, like all of those things uh, are all part of like the the ultimate I guess trifecta, if you will, of personal protection. Yeah. But at the end of the day, uh, some some good good blued steel goes a long way. Like you ain't, I love it, right? I always make the joke that I I, I started doing knife training reluctantly, um, be, because it's a necessary evil, and and more so the defensive defense against it, right? Because as, as, as savvy as I am and try to be about watching my you know awareness and, and what's going on, things can happen. And they can happen like this, as we know. That's there's nothing good ever coming out of out of a knife fight. Like they're just brutal. You're right? gonna so, get hurt. Yeah, exactly. So my joke that I like to make, although kind of not really, is like I don't want your blood on my clothes. Like I want you know if you're coming at me and you're 15 feet in, like you know. That being said, there's that whole I call it holistic self defense. Like when we teach aware and prepared that program that that we launched at at um, Rainier. It's we we sit you. I mean, the whole concept of it is to get women comfortable with the idea of, of self defense to begin with. So we teach defensive mindset. I don't like calling it situational awareness because that's to me one component of a defensive mindset. And and right as a, and so it's a holistic thing. Then we bring in somebody who does just introductions to handbrakes, you know, and, and grips mm-hmm. and things. And then we bring somebody in to teach self defense law from U.S. Law Shield. And that's because they yes they do gun law, but other than specific items. 
specifically related to guns, concealed carry, or what have you, mags. Looking at you, Jersey and California. Um, the self-defense laws are pretty much the same whether you use a, a knife, a gun. You know, deadly force is deadly force. And you can be charged accordingly. So I that whole concept is there. And so it starts to help women become comfortable with the idea of self-defense to begin with, which is huge. Um, and then they can start, you know, making determinations for what's the right fit for them. But more importantly, it, it kind of opens that door to help them realize, yes, the gun is definitely a choice. And look, I know some 110 pound women that will take out a 300 pound man. But guess what? They've been studying for a lifetime to be able to do that, right? Right. So uh, you're not going to be able to, I hate like, oh, see, that's a whole other gripe, man. You can get me on like those weekend rad classes. Look, for look, this is no no attack on police specifically, but y'all need to stop that mess. Because it's giving women a false sense of security. Like you go and you take a weekend rad class and then they walk out thinking that they're tough asses. And then what happens, right? They're in a situation and right, you freeze, you know. I saw a video the other day that I thought was really cool. Okay, so this guy was pumping his fuel, right? And these uh, three assailants uh, got out of their vehicle, pulled up to him in the gas station there, and uh, proceeded to get out and try to rob him. Great. Well, he didn't have a firearm on him, uh, but he had the the cognitive ability to go, wait a minute, something's going on. So he took his gas out and started spraying everybody with fuel. It was. So, I just got goosebumps listening to that again. That video is great. I mean, great. look, that was a boss move. Right, that's what we do. We adapt and we overcome. You Even know, better we, if he'd we, pulled out a lighter oh. <laughs> and just stood there with a the lighter. But <laughs> imagine being a thief and pulling up on somebody. That's the last thing you expect someone to do it's is spray you break, with gas. Right? It's that for those of you that know what the OODA loop is. For if you right. don't, look. But up. what did it do? It, they it broke totally that OODA got loop. the heck out of there. Yeah, exactly. Like man. Look. So sometimes you know defense can come in a lot of different forms, and the situation awareness can yeah. come in a lot in a lot of different forms. So um. What would be some of your advice to females that are wanting to, let's just say, get into the concept of self-defense, uh, that are wanting to maybe go buy their first firearm? Uh, maybe they're a little bit uh, shy. You know, they mm-hmm. don't they don't know if they want to go into a big box store and ask mm-hmm. for help. Uh, what would be some of your advice for ladies out there that want to protect themselves? So, and I know this will probably upset a few people, but and I, I will say, and I'm gonna, I, I feel like I need to say this, sure. is that when you're first starting, especially if this is completely foreign to you, and by foreign I mean your your husband or boyfriend, dad, whatever, may own a couple rifles or a revolver, whatever, but if you're not adept with them and using them, um, go in as though you have no experience at all, right? I mean, just because they've been in the house and you don't have the cultural stigma of it doesn't mean that that it can't be overwhelming for you. Well, it's okay to have the cultural stigma of, you know, hey, my dad was a gun owner, so at least I know that these are cool. So interesting side note on this, and I, you can do what you want with this, but it's, I in I had a, a, a gal in, in Washington State where I live for only a few more months, but uh, uh, who, I just don't understand why open carry, I don't, I don't get open carry, why that needs to happen. And I said, why, why do you feel that way? And she says, well, it just, it scares me. And, and nobody really needs to know, like, why do you need to know that? And I said, do you understand that that's cultural? Because I just came back from Kansas and there were women that were scared of, they're not not scared of guns, that didn't own guns. Some of them had never shot a gun, but they weren't afraid of guns. And she kind of went quiet. And I said, that is literally cultural. Like, like, you are raised in a state that has perpetuated that fear for you. Yet I go to Kansas. I go to Arizona. Hell, my 70-year-old, my 70-year-old aunt in Texas open carries a revolver. You know what I mean? So I said, that's a cultural. And she kind of, of course, she didn't have any answers for that. Side note, her boyfriend is... Uh, from Alabama, who loves his guns. And I'm like, 
can't wait to see where this is going to be in six months. But because <laughs> he ain't giving up his guns, I can tell you that. But it, so that cultural kind of component of that, you know, where some of them were, were fearful and some of them weren't. So on that to that note is think about that where you live, um, you know, and, and for ladies and those that work with with ladies. Right. They they there's a cultural whether they're conscious of it or not, there's going to be different regions of have they have a different stigma around that. But yeah. but the biggest thing for ladies in particular, when you walk in a store, if for whatever reason you are not comfortable with that person behind the counter, leave. Leave. That there's no shame in that. Um, you need to be able to feel comfortable with the person that you're working with. Um, you need to be able to trust them. And you need to be able to know that you can establish a relationship with them where you can come back and ask questions and not, you know, feel like you're being talked down to or whichever, I promise you there's other stores. If you do, and other retailers, if you do live in an area like mine, where we only have the one, you know, big box store. And, and for those ladies that are maybe watching this and, and that's the case, reach out to somebody like Eric or reach out to somebody like me, or there are several others out there that can help you. And we can either guide you through it ourselves, you know, the best we can, or lead you to a store or a shop or something in your area with people that we know that that you're going to like moss is great man those people are awesome out there that's a great point so you know so then that way you can establish that relationship because with women in particular right and and for the ladies that watch this i'll I'll be curious to see the feedback on this this is coming from the psychology of women in the beauty industry right if they have a good experience it becomes oh you need to go see eric at my store oh my gosh he takes such good care of me he's amazing right they're they're women are possessive of, of the people that care for them you know, uh, just like they are for the people that they care for. They want to be known too for like, oh, well, my girlfriend told me to go over exactly. here. Exactly. Oh, she there's hooked totally, me up. Exactly. She there's, hooked me up with her people. Absolutely. There's totally a component of that. So, but the but particularly in the gun industry, what you get with these situations, particularly with a lot of like the ladies that were newer last year to gun ownership, you know, they may not be the ultra conservative ladies. They might be more centrist or even leaving because that happens right there's a lot of, of of liberal gun owners out there to be fair uh you know i i don't think that uh we should create an environment where, where we don't encourage those folks to arm themselves either second right? amendment is is, is the second neutral. amendment applies to everybody yeah. it doesn't matter what your overall Other- political beliefs are if if you have political belief that may not necessarily align with the people that associate themselves with gun ownership the most it That's doesn't right. mean that you can't change your views later but right. the concept of of self-preservation right. should always be paramount and and above all of those other things. And and you know a a a person in politics with that letter behind their name doesn't define the structure of of every single person in that in that structure, you know, or in that political ideology. That's true. Yeah. So and so that's something to that we need to consider. So um when we're particularly with those types of ladies, you know, if you finally have one that's ready to go into a store and 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 purchase a gun and she has a bad experience it's not going to be that guy eric was such an ass to me at the store it's going to be those gun people right so that she already had that stigma going in right because this is your right this is your customer someone that, may not necessarily be on your side of the fence right i mean yeah. this is definitely you know this is this is the customer that that thinks that background checks are good right because she doesn't mm-hmm. understand she he i mean he, you know doesn't understand the ramifications of what that looks like. Boy, we saw some of that change last year. So too, earlier, right? you, you you spoke a little bit about this cultural part of, of mm-hmm. firearms ownership and, 
you know, where people, let's just say as, as human beings, right, we're very guilty and uh, it's normal. This is normal. But as human beings, we, we seem to be very guilty of our biases as they yeah. exist we hold them to be unique to us. So when someone is just, let's just say, raised in an environment where they've been told their whole life that guns are bad, that people that own guns are bad, uh, that people that want to own guns are bad, uh, that they are going to perpetuate or eventually, you know, uh, take part in some crime because they own guns. (laughs) If that's what you've been told your whole life, well, then that bias is going to exist and you're going to believe that um, until you are, you know, open your eyes and see uh, things as otherwise, right? So we are very guilty of taking our biases and holding them as truth and not necessarily going, okay, well, I might have this very strong feeling about X, Y, Z, um, and I, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to have an open mind and then try to let someone's facts and let someone's logic change my mind, right? Yeah. Uh, not only is that a very uniquely American trait that we're guilty of, but it's a societal trait. It's a human trait for us to accept the biases that we're raised on, right? Yeah. So, yeah, what's normal, like in Texas— may not be normal in Washington State, may not be normal in Washington, D.C., may not be normal in uh, rural Arkansas, right? So the way that we're raised, we take those biases and we apply them to our everyday life. And those standards, um, depending on where you are, can be a little more fluid than other places, or those standards can be a little bit more um, in the conservative realm of, well, this is how I was raised and this is how I'm going to feel forever. So. I think as Americans, we have to really take um, a little bit of a a perspective and say, okay, you know, I feel this way about this given subject, but at the same time, I'm going to have an open heart and open mind, and I'm going to go, all right, what are the facts? Uh, What what does the data support? What does my heart really support? After seeing, you know, the world from more of a worldview, yeah. you know, what is my, my view on this subject? You know, that's, it's interesting you'd brought that up and I don't know how much more time we have, but um, you, you, you brought up a point that where I had an aha moment uh, with my paradigm toward yeah. activism. Where's the aha moment? My, well, for me, it was, it's a different, it's different. Uh, Cause I've always been, in, I mean, I was right. Ra- I was raised with a very colorful, my grandfather was, was Texan, like buried in his boots hat, you know, the whole thing. Uh, Owned some of the first topless bars in Texas. Like he was a rebel. You guys can, for those of you nice. that know me, this is not a surprise to you that this is where I get this. Oh, right. Topless then was like, you know, not topless, right? But we won't go. There. Right. But he's re- <laughs> so got, my point is, I digress. My point is, is that he was very, um, guns were around. You know what I mean? We had the loaded, the guns were in the rifle cabinet unlocked <laughs> in our room. You know, when we just knew not to touch them. I mean, we, we, so I was never afraid of guns. Um, Fast forward, I, you know, end up in the industry through, you know, I, about three years ago, I I entered the industry like a wrecking ball and facts and logic, right? That's, that's a conversation. And and what you're saying is valid, like in, in the context you're saying, it just gave me a moment where I realized, and I thought this would be good to share with everybody, right? Because the conservatives and gun people in particular is very much, we've got to give them the data because we, we all know that the data doesn't support what their narrative is. Like we, we know this, Right. Um, but you're not, they're not going to hear it. And we know that too, right? We see this all the time. So when I confronted Kamala Harris in that video. I recall that video. Yeah, that, that, that little video. Um, she snubbed you. She did snub me. And yeah, so um, I was in the, in the restroom in this. She couldn't uh, handle the heat. She couldn't handle the heat. 
And uh, I got to look props to that one bodyguard. The, look, the beta dude, I could have knocked him over. But that chick, man, I don't know what she deadlifts, but I'd like to know because that rear was not moving. But um, yeah, she totally snubbed me. But so I was in the restroom in the auditorium afterward. And there was two of her, you know, minions or, you know, fangirls or whatever, just fawning over her. And I, I, I didn't say who I was. I didn't say what I was about. I didn't say whether I was pro, con, anything. I just, I was washing my hands and they were, oh, she's just the best and all this kind of stuff. I hate her. Just so you know, hate is a strong word. I cannot stand her. Um, and, and, and I said, you know, it's really unfortunate that she wouldn't talk to a domestic violence survivor about ERPOs. For those of you that don't know what that is, um, extreme risk protection order, AKA red flag laws. And we're very much against those. We're obviously. very much against those. As a domestic violence survivor, we are one of the biggest pawns used for those. And I can give you probably 15 minutes of reasons why they're... G- give a brief synopsis of, 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 why, of why that's an issue. So they are... Um, for oh Gosh, that's like, where do I even start? So Is that a brief synopsis? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's when essentially women or, or victims in general won't go get the, the help that they need. Uh, psychologically, um, because they don't want it on their record. They don't want PTSD or any sort of trauma, you know, emotional trauma on their record because they don't want it ever used against them. The gentlemen, uh, right, they're abusers, or to be fair, right, because I'm all about real equality, um, or the women, right, because women are abusers as well, especially psychologically, um, to men, that they can use it against them. You know, if you leave me, I'm going, you know, especially if they're in the industry or, or a big gun owner, right? That can be used against them. Sure. So they can be manipulated. Um, you know, they won't take medications that they tend to take. Um, you know, I, I deal with some of that up where I'm at in Washington State um, because now they're, right, because I'm suing the state and 1639 is, is on the table. We're trying to get that overturned. Uh, GOA are my attorneys um, because when you sign a back, sign the, the form that they all think doesn't exist. The 4473, uh, they can look at my medical record and deny me the purchase of a firearm. And if you think for a minute, that's not going to be connected to a red flag law that they enacted a year later, think again. They they did that on purpose, right? They're not going to do it at the same time because they're not that dumb. Everybody's got a a short attention span. We've always, um, you know, compared it to Pandora's box. Absolutely. And and giving them the key to Pandora's box. So And so that case, that SCOTUS case just last week was Huge, yes, yes huge it was. salute to you, by the way, absolutely, and to Scotus for that one, and my girl ACB. I see you, girl. We're not out of the woods yet, though. No, we're not. So, um, so these two women, they were, you know, on their, you know, kind of saying bullshit. They were on their bullshit. He can beat me out if he needs to, but <laughs> about her and I, and I said, you know, it's unfortunate that they that they chose that, right? And so they go, or she chose not to talk to a domestic violence survivor about red flag laws. And she went in, they went into their immediate canned responses, right, to, to defend her and the theory of it and so on. And I looked at them and I said, I'm the domestic violence survivor. And I paused. And you, you saw their little, I, I shook their little melons, right? They didn't know quite what to say. And so they, oh, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Are you doing okay? Right? And so I was like, please. I mean, it had been a few years ago. So... I, I diffuse that and I walk out. And as I'm walking out, I process. I'm like, wait a minute. That's it. That's the secret sauce, as it were. They were so, they're programmed to give these responses, regardless of whether they're true or not. And they're not going to come off of that, right? We, we know, we all know that. But the minute that I gave them something else, where they felt that their, they needed to, sh- their empathy made them more virtuous, 
right? Because people wear that as a badge. Even if it's, even if it's fake. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. But it their their need to to be virtuous and show me empathy overrode their statistics and their their talking points. And I was able to say to them at that point, it's unfortunate that they're putting me in a position to not that that she supports laws that put me in a position to not be able to defend myself from my ex-husband who stalked me. It forces them. They were silent. It forces them to change their perspective and see things right. from the lens of someone that the things that they support law-wise are going to affect. And, and, and you did it in that moment? Probably not. But they were silent, nonplussed. I mean, they just, and I walked out. Like, I, it was like, you know. I, I Mic drop. Well, <laughs> side note on that. Uh, turns out an ABC re, uh, correspondent reporter who was following her campaign, this was during her presidential campaign, chased me out and talked to me for 10 minutes, which I had my camera rolling to record that because I wasn't even about to let him try to throw me under the bus on anything like that. But, you know, nothing ever came of it. But she said, I never thought about that. I said, most people don't. So, so I gave that opening to them and it started changing that thought process. Did it in that moment? Maybe not. But in, in, Unfortunately, not having the opportunity to be there to continue to water the seeds that I planted, I don't know which way it would ever go, but I know it was enough that they were stunned into silence, giving them a paradigm shift. Absolutely. And that's what it takes. So if there was something, if a female is watching this video right now and is looking at you right now, what would you say to a female who wants to protect themselves with a firearm that wants to seek out knowledge, that wants to, you know, get better training, that that just literally wants to expand their horizons for what uh, they can accomplish with their Second Amendment natural rights? Uh, what would you say to a lady watching this video that that wants to enter this fold and doesn't know how? So what if can you're, they do? So if you're brand new, um, and, and this is going to seem odd saying this on a YouTube gun gripe. Uh, but if you, you stumble across this, I mean, this is more for those that if you've, you've come across this, I mean, he, he, he may have followers enough that his, his, the, you know, his videos, we'll get a few people. <laughs> that is, that is videos will show up right in a search or something. It, go through several videos or don't watch them at all. I, I always tell them don't, don't join Facebook groups right away. Right. And I, and look, before anybody comes at me or Eric about this, I'm not talking about people that own guns, right? Because some of y'all can't even see through that BS of some of the stuff that they're throwing down in those groups. But if they're new to this, it, the way that I see new people, particularly women treated in the comment sections and the threads and some, it's atrocious. So I tell my students that they're new to me and never I'm like, just don't until you're in this and you start learning a little bit more about stuff, just don't, just avoid them um, until you get a little bit more comfortable. I do give them some resources. Lena's great. You know, um, so I, I do, I do I said, if you are a YouTube watcher, or, you know, these, these are some people that you can follow where you will get some good advice. Um, I mean, there's others out there as well, but th that's one of them. And I know that sounds so, you know, um, extreme, but remember, we're talking about women that never touched a gun and there's a reason why they've never touched a gun. Even if culturally, right, they're from a culture where they're, they're, the stigma isn't there. There's still something for them that they've not gone there with. So we have to make sure that we are are welcoming in every capacity. And sometimes that even means, look, just let them call it a clip for the first three or four days, right? It doesn't matter. Let them, let it, 
stop shaming them make because they easy. don't want to carry chambered, right? Yeah. They'll make get it, there. Make it easy. Yeah, and there's that's the one that'll blow it up and everything, right? But look, I would rather have a woman carrying a gun unchambered for six months than not carrying one at all, right? And 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 practicing defensive mindset and those things around it, and maybe even practicing to draw. You, you know, um, to be able to in those times. I mean, yes, we get it. For those of us that have been in this for a while, we we get it. So I know what's coming from some of these people. Yeah. But the reality is that that's where we get in and we get short-sighted in our echo chamber, our own echo chamber that sometimes we need to check ourselves with and realize that they're not all ready to do that. I think that it's important to remember, and this is just my perspective, of course, but what do you know? You're a dude. Everyone was a beginner at some point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There, there was always some point in every person's life, no matter how good with a gun they think they might be, or how no matter how much knowledge they've gotten over their lifetime, at some point you were new to firearms, right. and everyone goes through that natural process of growth and uh, and learning their way through the process. So, you know, don't be afraid to to start. Uh, with the crawl phase and work your way up. And right. look, if someone, someone shames you from wanting to start with the crawl phase and work your way up, uh, well, then find someone else that's going to, you know, support absolutely. Uh, the fact that you're, you're you know, new yeah, into it. So. Absolutely. And and for those ladies out there, don't be, don't ask them in these groups, but, you know, DM some of them, right? I mean, if, if you're on social media, send a private message to the poster or the, the YouTuber or me. I mean, you're welcome. I mean, that's my lane. Like I literally work with those kind of women, you know, specifically, mm-hmm. but you know, find, find some place that you feel safe and to be able to ask those questions privately. So you're not putting yourself out there, but don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. If you don't know the difference between nine mil and, and 380, look, I've, I have watched RSOs not read the bottom of a round and stick a 380 in a nine mil. Thank God it wasn't the other way around. The but it only happens, right? dumb question is the one you don't ask. Abs- especially with guns. And the more that we, and, and but more importantly, for those that are out there listening to this, if you come across those new people, don't just lead in with, well, this is what's great to start with. Or the one that gets me is the, well, you know, I'll post something about this or share a video or something about women. And, and it's the, well, when I took my daughter out or took my wife out, it's not about you. Don't make it about you. It's about that person that's coming to you to ask. And remember, if you're in one of those threads, how many countless women are out there watching and reading that that aren't saying anything? You know, and, and, and it can it, give a bad option. It's all about the delivery. Absolutely. You know, what, 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 the better delivery might be, well, what my wife likes is this. Exactly. Or ask questions. Just sit and ask a ton of questions and, and preface it. You know, look. I want to make sure that I'm directing you in the right way. So I'm going to ask you a few questions and please don't feel intimidated if you don't know the answer. And especially if you see them do a lot of, I'm sorry, I'm just, something's gone on with them. Women are taught to do that anyway, vocally, like it's it's called kneecapping, verbal kneecapping. Uh, And we tend to do that inherently, uh, we as women do. But if you see it a lot, it's a pattern. It means something has gone on for her, typically uh, at home. I mean... In, in some sort of controlling situation where she doesn't feel like her voice should be heard. So if you see that coming out when you're asking questions, when, when you see a woman asking questions, I'm sorry, I'm so, I don't mean to be dumb. You know, I'm, I'm really sorry I have to ask this again and I don't mean to sound stupid, but you know, any, any of that stuff, just say it's okay. What else do we need? Just continue to ask the questions and continue to ask the questions. Not only are you going to get to the answer you need for her, yes, it's worth the extra 10 minutes, right? Or a day, right? If you're going back and forth through DMs or, or whatever, right? It's it's worth it. 
But more importantly, you're establishing a rapport with her so that she sees that people in the industry are positive. They're going to be a positive for her. How can a male behind the gun counter ease someone who is going through that? Like acknowledge that and and sort of ease their mind and help them get through that. Like what what are some of the ways we can we can address that and and hopefully help them get through that? We as humans thrive on affirmation. Right. I mean, that's 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 human nature and particularly women and particularly women if they are scared and if they are coming out of situations, you know, one in three, one in four, depending on the year, uh, women are, are assaulted one in seven men. Right. So the chances of you having a couple of those in your in your workday at a, at a gun store are pretty high and re- kind of, you know, read their but take take a few minutes to just read their body language even, you know, are they, are they doing this and are they like this or are they like this or are they like they know everything, right? Cause that's the other side of this, right? Because it's a defense mechanism as well. Read them and then congratulate them. Hey, congratulations on, on this journey. What can I do to help you? Instead of immediately offering you might that be surprised. Positive reinforcement. She might know what a nine mil is versus a three eighty. You don't know going in, but if she's completely, you know, blank slate with that, that that's a good thing for you. But the more you ask questions, the more she's going to be inclined to trust you um, to lead her in the right direction because she feels like she's being heard. And look, man, you all know that we women are always out there telling you you don't listen to us, right? Right. The last thing that a lady wants to do is come into a gun store and have not, not somebody not right. care about her needs. Right. And and to think that she's not being heard, right? I mean, especially if that's been a problem for her in a relationship at any point. Good point. So, it, like I said, it's a lot of this, and it's interesting, you know, coming into this industry from the beauty industry specifically, but more importantly, what I like to say is from the, the industry of women, right? I've been in the business of women for 26 years. And there's a the one disconnect, I think, is the psychology, right? The, the technical stuff tends to be there. Um, but, but the understanding, it's a, just a different psychology behind it and just a little bit more patience and a little bit more, um, you know, of uh, friendly questioning, ask them what their lifestyle is. You know, I wrote a whole gun store program about this, like helping them, helping people behind the counter understand that. Like, does she come in with a baby? If she's nursing, right? Carrying in a bra is probably not going to be an option, right? I mean, you have to ask her that. Good Lord, don't get into that. But, right. Does she have a stroller? Carrying it right there's there's all observe those things about her, and it's going to help better direct you where you're going to need to take her for how she, what she should carry and how she should carry and where to recommend to her. That's great points. So, all right, for our viewers here, um, how can they follow you? Like, we're, we're, I know you're on Instagram, so letters and shotguns, but uh, give them an idea and also give us a, a, a quick rundown of We the Female. Sure, so you've still letters and shotguns is my primary. That's where I'm most active on Instagram. Uh, I do have a backup account because I do like to talk a little smack on the government on occasion. So there's Guilty. a backup account. You went right. So that's probably the one you'll come up with first, right? So there, there are two of them. Uh, Facebook as well. Um, I am on Twitter, uh, the real SNS on Twitter. I'm not on there a whole lot. Um, YouTube is a goal this year. I want to kind of. I, I don't. You, you'll find me on YouTube. I just I don't do a whole lot. Some of my speeches and things that I've given across the country are on there. Um, when that's where you can find me, but primarily, especially if you want to interact with me in any capacity, you have questions for me, Instagram, uh, we, the female.net is my nonprofit organizations page. And it is, um, our, our mission as it were is to arm the women with education, confidence, and self-defense. And so we approach self-defense for women to help them embrace it as a, like I mentioned before, a holistic, um, 
uh, mindset behind behind embracing self-defense uh, for many reasons, but one of which sometimes we just need to help them understand that their lives are worth saving. But interestingly enough, when you approach it this way too, for those that are in the middle ground or think that gun laws are okay or whichever, the minute that you can approach it from not lead with the gun, it opens up the door and takes away the stigma of what people perceive gun people to be. And they're willing to engage with you a little bit more. So um, it allows us into lanes that typically we couldn't get into um, with you know, domestic violence shelters and, and community centers and things. So that's that's part of what we do is we do education and outreach. Uh, we teach the armed and prepared classes, the, you know, the, the holistic self-defense. I'm a, I am a firearms instructor. Um, I'm a USCCA certified firearms instructor. And um, one of the big things that we do now um, is that we partner with instructors and ranges that we have vetted uh, and provide funding for women, single women, single, particularly single mothers, domestic violence survivors, sexual assault survivors that can't afford their training and their permits. And then we provide the funding for those women uh, to, to receive their training and their permits because it absolutely pisses me off that any of us have to pay to exercise an inalienable right guaranteed by the Constitution to begin with. It really makes me angry that there are women out there coming out of situations that ironically are in the biggest position to need some form of self-defense and they're being limited due to financial restrictions. And it's absolutely 100% unacceptable. And the mission of We the Female is in part is to make sure that we can get to those women and, and let them make sure that they get armed and, and not let that be an issue. Very honorable. Thank you. So I think it goes without saying that if you are a uh, lady who is watching this video, maybe you stumbled across it, perhaps we've opened up your eyes to some different ideas and some concepts. And uh, again, I, I'm, I'm sure I can say this on Carrie's behalf, but um, if you have any questions or concerns or, you know, if you just need someone to confide in, definitely reach out to Absolutely. Carrie. Uh, I'm sure she'd be happy to, you know, reach out to you individually uh, if some of you need some assistance and, you know, making sure that you uh, take your journey down the 2A realm uh, in the most correct way possible and, and make sure you can point yourself in the right direction because we want everyone to be safe. Uh, we want people to empower themselves and we want people to live free and be happy and live without fear. And uh, the Second Amendment is a pivotal part of that natural right to self-preservation. Uh, it's one of the many prongs of uh, the pursuit of life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, as we say. But um, definitely a big thank you uh, to all of our patrons who support our channel. Um, big thank you to our, all of our Mancan uh, subscribers and things like that. Uh, go over to Ballistic Inc., pick yourself up an awesome t-shirt. Carrie, thank you so much for being on this gun gripe today. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled to be here. I'm glad we finally had the chance to do this. And I know. We've been talking about it a long time. We have been. Um, Eric, you know, Eric, you found me, actually, when somebody tagged me in a post saying, we need to, to have more women's voices out here. And and uh, somebody tagged me. And yeah. But we ended up, like, I, just our families are friends. And we just, you know, and I, I enjoy it. So I'm, I'm thrilled that I got to be here. Awesome. Thrilled to get to do this gun gripe and share some of this information and um, arm the women. Really appreciate you being here. And uh, thank you guys for watching and gals. Hopefully, hopefully lots of gals watching because we want to bring, you know, many, many people into the Share fold. Share this with the, the ladies in your life. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you get to see my ugly mug for the whole time. But anyway. He doesn't have, have pants on. I'm kidding. He does. He does. <laughs> That's a secret. We don't tell anyone that. We don't tell anyone that I don't wear pants when I'm making gun gripes. 
All right. Have a great day. Many more videos on the way. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.